Allie Gilbert, I know you have a relationship with Allie, and I know we, we've had her on before, but would you mind just recapping that, Don, how you, how you know her? Yeah, so I, I was hearing about Allie's name, I think, over a decade ago. You know, I, I was hearing about her name, and I was hearing great things about her. You know, this woman's smart, she's awesome, blah, 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 blah. And then I think, Zach, I think the interesting thing about Allie is she really kind of yeah, in a, in a way, pivoted. I, I mean, I think it was always part of her background and what it, it, what it was that she did. But jumping into the hor- uh, in the hormone discussion, and the thing I love about Allie is she makes it very relatable and very easy to understand. Well, I guess the question I have for you, Allie, is how did so? <laughs> why did you come to mind when there's penises on a mask? <laughs> it's funny because like. Literally, penis, everything, anything that somebody sees, they send to me. They tag me in, whether it's like a penis-shaped cookie or like anything. And I'm like, so if I am the first person people think of when they see penis stuff, I think that's pretty damn cool. Pretty, we my were mom. always taught to be like top of mind awareness when it comes to certain oh, things. It was funny because my mom my mom loves Allie. And she's like, oh, yeah, so Allie had her had her bachelorette party. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any pictures. I haven't talked to her yet. How was how to look? And she goes, well, the penis balloons looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ball sack pinata. I had a penis that would like, you know, take it down. I had all this stuff with me. And I'm like, airport security must be like, what in the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so good. Yeah, so good. So when you think of penis, think of Allie. So, okay, well then let's talk penises. Um, <laughs> you know, so look, I, I know that like, you know, porn consumption, I know Pornhub has been offering, you know, free um, premium memberships to people uh, that have been in quarantine. I know that <laughs> sex toy sales have gone up. So, you know, what, what, do you, what is your take on all of this? My take is I think it's awesome. Um, at least the sex toy, you know, increase in sales. Like, I think that's great. Porn, porn going up, it can, it can go both ways. So just like anything, like any supplement or food or drinks or whatever, if we have too much of something, there's going to be a negative effect. And the problem with too much porn consumption, usually if somebody's alone, that will lead to excessive self you know, masturbation and all that and the body kind of knows the difference between self-touch and, and sex with a partner. And so they've done studies even before we were all in quarantine and everything on the effect of overconsumption of porn on men and how it can affect their sex life in person because, number one, they expect what they see on the movie to happen in bed. And when right. that doesn't happen, they kind of become lost or it makes them feel bad about themselves. Um, and it also is just this constant dopamine hit that they're getting from watching so much porn that they're like, oh, this is going to be like the best night ever when I you know, see my girlfriend or meet up with whoever. And then it doesn't become that. And then it's also something that leads down the road of them being disappointed. And so if you have just constant dopamine, dopamine makes us feel good, you know, enhances anything really in life with that is going to come a rush of like epinephrine and all the stress hormones. And so if those are always elevated, then that in turn will cause our testosterone to drop. And then guys could like become depressed in a sense. So my question is, is isn't there a fine line? Because, you know, there's research that's, that states, obviously, sex is healthy and, and, and this stuff is healthy. But it seems like there's this line of like, all right, this is too much. This is kind of damaging us now. And I mean, from a hormonal standpoint. So there's, you'll find studies going both ways when it comes to testosterone. So 
the cutoff in a lot of the studies is if men hold off from ejaculation for about six days, then testosterone increases. It's like 160% or something, um, which is different than if somebody's not having sex at all or not masturbating at all, because just like any other thing, like your body, you have to exercise your body. You have to do the same thing with the penis. You got to unclog the pipes. You know, you got to make sure that it's working properly and everything's going through the motions. So that I think is a normal process. And I think masturbation is normal. Now, when it becomes excessive as if there's any negative effect that someone else may notice. So if all of a sudden, you know, you have normal morning wood and you have good, hard and, you know, endurance with your erections and all of a sudden that goes away. And if you kind of self-monitor, all right, what have I changed in my life? Oh, I've been watching way more porn and masturbating much more than I ever have. Then maybe if you kind of hold back a little bit, then it will, you know, correct itself. So it, it's kind of like everyone will be different as to what their tolerance is. What would be the guide? What would be like if a man's coming to you right now and asking, I want to follow specific guidelines. What's a safe guide to be able to recommend? And this sounds like a ridiculous question, but I've never, ever heard anyone ask that question. So I've had guys ask, like, like, what's a good amount? And it, I, I mean, it's hard for me to answer because I have never um, <laughs> masturbated as a man. I know guys that, like, when they're in their college age, they said that they would masturbate, like, between five to ten times a day sometimes. I know guys now in their 30s and 40s that say they do it at least four times a day. In that's a lot. That's a lot. Time. Yeah, that's, 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 that sure that's is. That's savagery. That's yeah, right? I mean, come on. Like, women can go multiple times. That's crazy. That's penis punishment know, like, right there. Masturbation, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I would say, like, all right, if you're developing, like, hand cramps and, and like, some chafing and stuff like that, oh my God, I would think funny. maybe keep it under 10. How's, how's that? I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot. So, what you're, what you're saying is, like, someone who's doing it once a day right now, that's not going to be damaging. That's all. That, oh, that's, that, that's completely yeah. normal. That's yeah. It. And I think, actually, people people err on the side because you know sex is still such a weird thing to talk about the fact that masturbation is normal is still so taboo like you know because we're very transparent and open with our friends you know and you and i are like we'll talk about whatever but some people get really uncomfortable talking about i wonder well, why is that is it because it's a selfish act it's somewhat of a selfish act. Like, I don't know. Does it, does it maybe, maybe is it, is it showing people that, Oh, like it's not as, it's not as like, it's showing that you can't get with another partner. Like, I don't, I don't really understand why it's such a, yeah. you know, but I think I you nailed it. I think it's like, you know, Oh, I have to masturbate because I can't find somebody else. But can't that go back to porn, right? Like porn is supposed to be fantasy. So if they're not right. getting like what they see on TV uh, or on their computer or their, their phone, uh, that they're not interested in it when it's like, Dude, if you can't understand that that's not like those are actors and actresses and like that's a it's a production. And, you know, as long as people understand that that is fantasy and it's not real, because like there are times where I've said on my Instagram how women don't <laughs> orgasm the way they do in porn movies. Yeah, women can be horny and enjoying sex, but like they may not be wet right away. Like that takes mm. a while. Men are like, boom, let's go, you know. Or if they get off and they're like, all right, I'm going to go wash up. And then like the woman's like, yo, what's up? It shouldn't be where a man is trying, like his objective is to pleasure a woman, just like she's oh, trying to pleasure oh. her partner. Right. And a lot of guys don't look at it that way. And I think, can't this cause a lot of problems in relationships? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. You think so you're so thinking bad. being reciprocal, like 
it's it's a two-way street meaning like you should both be looking to pleasure each other rather than like have one person get off and like leave the other person high and dry yeah i think that also comes with age too and when you come into your sexual maturity and you know i i, I probably didn't have the confidence to ask for that in my 20s like i do now so yeah i think that some people may not realize that they're using sex as a crutch no, that, that, that's honestly super insightful, though, because I think, like, uh, you know the book, The Five Love Lang- Languages, and physical touch is one of the five love languages, and it's how people feel love. Some people feel love by getting gifts. Some people feel love by acts of service. Like, if, you know, Charlie does the dishes, I could feel love that way. Me, personally, is um, quality time and words of affirmation. So, like, I'd like to be validated through words. If you show me you love me, it's a different effect versus if you tell me. And some people are just the complete opposite. So it's finding out how that person likes that. So some people love sex because that's how they feel love because they feel wanted. Mm. And then that touch and that wanting and that validation um, definitely means something. So that, that physical touch, I know for me, definitely means something. I grew up with a single mom. So it's that validation of a man so it it has a lot to do with how you were raised and things that you've maybe been through when you were younger very similar nutrition people's relationship with food depends a lot on any past traumas that they've been through because that's also something they can control in their life and that they react to so i I think you're like 100 percent right and the fact that people don't explore that and i commend you for that they don't explore that they don't explore why they may act a certain way or react a certain way in a relationship it speaks volumes on their maturity level and their ability to be insightful and be like, okay, so this has nothing to do with my partner. This is everything that I'm, you know, kind of manifesting in my own life. All right, cool. I don't need to react this way or look for validation this way. So I think I got a, I got a quick question for you. Zach, just pivoting for one second. Has there been any studies in reference to testosterone levels, maybe a level of resiliency to catching the coronavirus? There are, there are studies, I don't know them offhand, but I read one, it was like two or three weeks ago, because one of my friends asked me, does having higher testosterone help immunity? And I said, yes, because more men seem to be getting COVID than women do. So having optimal levels of testosterone do help keep you like uh, vigorous, I guess. Because if you think of like, you know, very low testosterone being more frail and weak, it's very similar to the elderly that are very susceptible to it too. So yeah, it can definitely help your immunity as well as optimal estrogen levels in both men and women, because that's immunoprotective too. Here's a question that I I, piggybacking on that, Don, is that, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I have you know, erections and I'm not tired. So does that mean that I, my testosterone levels are fine? For guys who are not on testosterone and for guys who are on testosterone, this whole quarantine thing has actually affected people very much greatly. So say you were on somebody who was on a, a good protocol, you know, you're injecting like two, three days a week, you felt really good, all of a sudden hits. There's guys now questioning, should they change their protocol? Should they do something different? And they need to be reminded that we are going through something nobody else has ever gone through where the stress levels are at, you know, an all-time high. And stress highly can suppress testosterone, but it also affects your erections and, you know, erectile strength and morning wood. And usually erections are not so much a direct testosterone issue as it is a blood flow or bio or a 
uh, blood flow or brain issue where it's like a stress perception in the brain. So if they're super focused on something, they can't just like flip a switch. So in order to achieve a good heart erection, you have to be in a very parasympathetic state when you ejaculate is sympathetic, but in order to be, you know, achieving an erection, you can't be like hyper-focused and stressed out. And so that's kind of the same way people are living right now. Like they don't know their future. They don't know their financial future. Some people, their spouse driving them nuts 24 seven. So that can have an effect on it as well. So there are a lot of factors at play and we're not outside. So if we're not getting sunlight, then we're not going to have a full sleep wake cycle and a normal circadian rhythm that's going to allow melatonin to rise at night along with growth hormones. So our sleep's all getting messed up. And we know what happens if we don't sleep, automatically testosterone goes down. Our tolerance for carbohydrates goes down. Cranky, we're moody. So all these, you know, variables happen. And, you know, the top things that I've been asked is like, should I change my dosage or is there a supplement that I can take? And the answer to both of those is no. So Ali, what do you recommend with, you know, with getting outside? I'm not getting outside that much, maybe only for a few minutes. And I think that's part of the struggle. So that can really, I mean, even if I'm exposed to light, that can really affect vitamin D levels, obviously, and sleep patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you think about the reason we wear blue light blockers, right. To filter the light at night, we're in front of our phones more. We're in front of computers more indoors. So usually most people go to work between, you know, six and 9.00 AM. So like you and I four, four thirty, five o'clock is a normal time to be like starting to get out the door. So we'll get out in the dark, but then we may be walking into work in the light or at least, mm-hmm. you know, get out for a coffee or whatever. People are not doing that at all, whether it's because they're afraid or there's, you know, high risk or they're just naturally lazy. A lot of people just are not motivated. And part of that is when we do have light first thing in the morning that stimulates cortisol, which is the stress hormone to wake us up. And that's what gets stimulated at night when we're watching TV and, you know, all these digital things are at us. So I would say if people can get up and just get outside even for a few minutes. You know, the, the only way the body can manufacture the, the free form of vitamin D is through sunlight, but we're not even laying out. Like people are out on the West Coast and everything with nice weather, that's awesome. They have the ability to access that source of vitamin D. We're still hanging out at 39 degrees here, so mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. kind of disgusting. So if they can get out a little bit, you know, throughout the day, 10 minute spurts, then I think that's gonna help a lot and or buy the blue light blockers for the daytime that you can wear all day and then just manage your screen time. Allie, how about you? How's it, how's it, Allie, how's this, I mean, for your lifestyle right now, I mean, how has it affected you? I honestly, like, I I feel bad saying business has, has picked up because I know so many people are out of work, but having had an online business before this, I'm grateful for that. And then, you know, clients who actually moved away, they're like, hey, can we do virtual sessions? Now they realize this is something they can do when they travel or if they move away, they don't have to completely leave me. And you got to socialize a little bit. I'm just curious about the social distancing. I don't think people are going to be as up in your face anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure if even one-on-one training will actually increase because people don't want to be in groups and classes and stuff. Uh, you know, it's funny. At the, at the start of this, I brought that up about uh, group fitness and, and, and the effect it would have on it. And some people are like, oh, it's going to be fine because people are going to want to bounce right back and get, get in there. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't. 
I don't want to yeah. do anything in groups. I, I I don't know. I just think I, I don't think we even know what's 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 in store for any of us. Allie, that was awesome, and I think we covered some great stuff that a lot of people are uncomfortable to talk about. If you know what I mean. Thank you. All right, you guys are the best. Bye, Dad. Talk to you. Bye, bye. Later.